Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give us their messages of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to leadership and life coach, writer, and speaker, Matt Mills. Do you have this feeling you're ready for more? Are you ready to become the heroic version of you and thrive in exactly what you know you're called here to do? Get ready. You get to learn how to. You're going to love hearing today's chat with ex-Hollywood exec who also knew there was more. He moved to Africa to teach and go inward and now helps you step into your more fulfilling and aligned version of yourself. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Matt Mills. Hi, it's great to be here. Yeah, I'm glad we get to do this. Yeah. And I love your story about someone who takes a leap of faith, the Hollywood exec, and then you move to Tanzania, though. Yeah. How did that happen and why Africa? Oh, gosh. Looking back, it's so fun to think about how I got from there to there. You know, it's to kind of share that journey and how really that that came about. You know, when I started my career, as you said, I was working in the entertainment industry. I grew up, I loved movies. I still do. I'm a huge movie fan and pop culture junkie. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be supported where I could go follow my passion and explore that. And I loved it for a number of years, worked really hard, especially, you know, coming out of college and really wanting to make that work as a career. I gave it my all. But a few years went by and I did everything right. I got to levels that I wanted to. I did some really cool things. Something was just missing. And it took me a long time to explore and to discover what that was. And I was hustling too much and I was burned out and I just felt purposeless. And it was just felt like there was this huge disconnect because I was doing what I loved, what I thought I loved and what I was thought was going to bring me so much fulfillment, but it was anything but that. So how I started that process of exploration was, you know, I was actually at the time I was dating a teacher and I found myself really envious of what they were doing. They would talk about teaching and they would, you know, what their jobs were like. And it sounded so challenging, but I was like, that sounds awesome. You get to go make an impact in the lives of all of these kids and these people that you're working with. And so I kind of put that aside. And what was happening at the same time was that my job, I was actually, I was working a lot with our interns. I was running our internship program at the company I was working at. And that became the most fulfilling part of my job. So I just listened to what was going on. And I was like, there's something happening. There's something inside me that's telling me that there might be something here with working with students, with teaching. And so I just explored that. And for me, it kind of felt like it was pulling a thread on a sweater. And the more I just kept pulling, the more it kept drawing me towards teaching, making a difference, you know, having an impact. And at the same time, I was like, I was young enough. I was like, I also want to travel and explore the world and do something really, really bigger than what I was experiencing right at that time. So all of that, I started that process and I really got into it and I talked with teachers. I volunteered as a tutor and I even thought I was going to do Teach for America. And I was applying for that program. And part of it, one of the questions was, what are you going to do if you don't get into Teach for America? And this was on the first page of the application. And one of the options had this, it said World Teach. So I went and I looked and I said, what's World Teach? And I found this organization that 
you can go to a developing country. They were all over the world at that time, Costa Rica, Africa, places in Europe, anywhere. There was just so much opportunity. And I just immediately said, that's it. That's what I want to do. So I signed up for it and I did it. And then a number of months later, I found myself as a volunteer English teacher in (laughs) in rural Tanzania. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So you were looking for something with meaning, something more meaningful than you were doing. Let's put it that way. I don't want to. Yeah, I did. Something more meaningful. And also at that time, just something that was going to be more of a challenge as well. My older sister, she had lived and worked in Africa before and always admired it, but I never thought that was something that I was going to do. I looked into the Peace Corps. I looked into all sorts of different things. And this was just, I knew it when I found it. But yeah, I was looking for that challenge and I was looking for something just more meaningful and more impactful. So how did you end up? I mean, you went inward, you taken that and you've come back here and you're doing something incredible now. So how did that all come about? Yeah. So I was in Tanzania for the year and it was incredible and it was life-changing. And, you know, I got to have a lot of cool experiences and felt like I made a difference. What I learned through even before we went to Tanzania and even when I was there, it was all about just that self-awareness of really listening to yourself. And when things either they feel right or they don't feel right to really explore that. And I got really good at that. And so even through that time, I was taking note of what were the best experiences that I was having. When was I being at my best? When was I in flow? And it wasn't necessarily when I was in the classroom because in Tanzania, I was in the classroom in front of packed classes of 70 students. And it was great. I loved it. But when I really lit up was when I was working one-on-one with the students. If someone came to ask me for advice or some guidance, that was when I really at the top of my game. And so I listened to that. And so I knew when I came back that I wanted to do that in some capacity. I didn't know if it was going to be through counseling or coaching or whatever it might be. And so that was what led me down the path of exploring that. And I got my master's in counseling and then realized coaching was really where my real passion lied in helping people move forward. So that was really where that part of my journey had started. And so that was about 12 years ago. And so it's just grown ever since. Yeah. I love that you made that kind of a leap. So you made a lot of statements there. You said something was missing, you burnout and really listening to that. It was the beginning of you listening to that gut instinct. I'm yeah. paraphrasing there. It's that gut instinct and listening. And I think that's a tool that you develop and it is, you have to get quiet. And to me, to be still close my eyes. And I was always taught when in doubt, do nothing. Like if you're not (laughs) sure to just wait, wait until you do know. And if you're like, "Ah, I'm not sure. I think it's this, maybe it's that. Like that means you're in doubt and just wait (laughs) because like, you know, And I interviewed somebody who said he also did a little bit of like, he talked to couples and he goes, you two seem like you're really not doing well. How long has it been like this? And they'll say six years, seven years. And like, why are you still together? Oh, like you're comfortable with that, like discomfort and you just sit in it. And it's the same thing with like, with your coaching, I'm sure like until somebody's ready to actually make the leap. And so I know a lot of people listening, they're like, they know that there's something they're meaning to do. And how do you coach people that need focus? Oh, that's a great question. And one thing that I'll say about what 
you were saying just then was, I think a lot of people, they get a thought and they get that call in their minds and they might just say to themselves immediately, it's not possible. But the facts that it came into your mind means that it is possible. And this was something that actually took a while for me to really understand. If you have an idea, that's not coming out of thin air. It might feel like it is, but there's a reason why it's coming towards you. You know, everyone has different callings. Not everyone is called to go abroad and teach English, but you know, when you have yeah, that, I have to interrupt because yeah, said, please. I'm like, you chose Africa. As soon as you said Costa Rica, I've never been to either, by the way. Yeah. But I was like, Ooh, Costa Rica. Why'd you choose Africa? Although there's parts of Africa that I think I'd be more called to than others. I can tell you Tanzania is if you ever want to go visit a place, <laughs> go to Tanzania. It is beautiful. You can do everything. You can go to the beach. You can go on safari. You can climb the highest mountain in Africa. It's yeah. just, it's got everything and the people are just unbelievable. But yeah, so it is, it's just, yeah. it's when it comes, you know, and I think that's why people have a hard time with intuition is they don't realize that voice or that call is unique to them. So explain yeah. that a little bit, go a little bit further. So when somebody has that idea and they think, ah, it's just an idea and just keep going, you're saying it's not. It's not just an idea. I think you owe it to yourself to explore that. So you had asked like how I coach people to really listen to it. So I think of it in two different ways. You can either be a scientist or a detective. Both are different are the same kind of approach, but basically explore it. So if you're a scientist, it's sort of like you're going back to seventh grade science where it's like, put a hypothesis together of something you think that might be true. And then three things will happen in the process of exploring that and testing that out. You'll either confirm that it's right, confirm that it's wrong, or find a completely different possibility altogether. That's how all of our science, it works. And so when you get that thing, when you have that call, you know, and it might be a few different things, test it out, do some experiments that might be having a conversation with somebody. It might be just doing some research online, taking a class, volunteering, whatever it might be. Same thing as if you're a detective, you're basically trying to solve a case or ask a question. That's all it is. It's just as a detective, you're just asking a question, what then leads to the next question, to the next question, and so you're following good, those clues. What's a good yeah. kind of question to ask? You know, I think what might be possible is the best question to first ask. So instead of saying no, reframing it in what if it were yes. So you had mentioned like writing a book. If someone says, yeah, I have a great idea for a book. And I'm like, ah, I could never do it. Instead, ask yourself, well, what if you could? What would be possible if you did put in the effort for that? And just see what comes of it. You do not need to know the answer right then and there. But it is just asking that first question and then seeing what question comes after that. So I also it, it, think, it, yeah. does that excite you? Does that light you up That's inside? It. Yes. Does that make you light up? Does that bring the magic? Yeah. All these, they say they have quotes on the other side, but I love that you're magic, but- it is like, does it light you up? Does it make you excited? And it's a great yeah, question. Like, that's it. Yeah. It's funny you say that because that's actually, that's been a big insight that I've come to recently for myself. I have a ton of ideas. Things come to my mind all the time. That's always the test. If it does excite me, because there are things, especially, you know, when you're building a business or you're trying to, for something like that, like there are going to be a lot of things that you're just going to feel like, Maybe I have to do that. Maybe that's something that I, you know, everyone else is doing it. So maybe that I want to do it. But if it doesn't light you up, you're going to have a hell of a time 
trying to get it off the ground. Okay, make- so how do people keep focused? Because everything's exciting or the next shiny object or this is good, this is good, this is good. How do you keep people in focus so that they have enough time? Yeah, you need to. So what I believe is that you need to know what's the mission, what's the end goal. So I talk about this. So I'm a big runner, as I've posted about and talked about. I love to talk about running metaphors. And first thing is you want to find that finish line. What purpose is this serving? I think that that's really important. You don't need to know exactly what that is, but have an idea. As an example, you know, I do run marathons and I do train a lot for them and and. Until I'm actually signed up for a marathon, I don't do any training. I mean, I run almost every day and I do that as just a regular part of my routine, but I'm not actually training for anything until I sign up for it. So I know what the finish line is. So as I'm going along and I'm making decisions throughout my day of what's my training going to be, what is it that I want to do? Oh, I have this idea. Oh, I want to start doing strength training or yoga. You know, I have that finish line in focus. And so that's usually how I guide people in first getting really clear on what's that mission. Why is it important? And what choice is going to feel more purposeful in service of that? Okay. So do you have a way that you help someone get clarity? They have these ideas and how does somebody get clear? Mm -hmm. It's taking action on that. So there is a point when you do have to make some sort of decision. Some people, and this is where it can depend. Some people are really decisive. And I might ask, well, what's the thing that's standing out to you the most? Maybe what's the thing that is the scariest? And then start with that. Other people need a little more exploration. And so it's meeting them where they're at to see, okay, is there a little bit more testing and exploration around this that you feel like you need to explore before really knowing if you're on the right path or not? And then just measuring it along the way, you know, having that feedback loop and knowing if it's telling you to stop or to pivot or to go another way, check in to see if that's something that you're, that's resistance, which is that idea that Stephen Pressfield talks about of that thing, that voice that's also telling you to turn back because you're doing something new and foreign and maybe scary. Your brain is going to tell you run as far away in the different direction as possible. And so you want to check in with that as well. And so if you notice, you know, well, I'm procrastinating, there's something else that's kind of getting in my way. Again, check in with that finish line or that vision or that mission. And if it's still aligning with that and it's going to move you forward, keep going. If it's not, check in. Maybe there's something different that's out there that needs some more exploration. Did you have that happen to you? Oh, yeah. Uh, So what happened? What did you do? Yeah, I had that happen multiple times. I can speak to it when I was looking to possibly go into teaching when I was leaving my career in entertainment. I explored it. So what I did was, you know, I had a lot of informational conversations. So I'm a big fact finder. So I like to see what other people have done, what their experiences have been. So I did a lot of that. I tried it out on my own. As I mentioned, I did some volunteering. I was a tutor for some nonprofits. I, you know, experiences where I could actually try it out and see. I went to informational sessions because I thought I'll be a school teacher here in LA. And, you know, it was just exploration. That was it. When you came back and you start coaching and you're like, I mean, as you hit different levels, you must have freaked out. What am I doing? Oh, yeah. And all of this and hit the resistance you were just talking about. What did you do so that you would keep going and think bigger and things like that? Yeah, I know I keep coming back to it, but still thinking, checking in with the vision that I had. 
that still means something to me. Did building a successful coaching business, does, does that still mean something to me? It could look a lot of different ways, but checking in with that, that is always the biggest guide point that keeps me going. Now I'm just more attuned to when I know it's resistance <laughs> and I know it's just a lot of bullshit that's trying to kick me back. So I think there's that, but then also just building up a community of support. That's been really, really helpful for me. Just having the other colleagues, other friends, other people, my wife, you know, people around me who can also help keep me on track where I can be vulnerable and say, you know what, this is kind of what I'm thinking, or, you know, I'm not really feeling this right now. What do you think? And having that outside perspective can be really, really helpful. So how does somebody find community? Because community is so important. Oh, yeah. And of course, this has been a huge topic over the past couple of years because <laughs> community yes. has looked different. It has. And, yeah. But it's so important because that's how people survive and it's so necessary. Yeah. I mean, virtually, I think there's so many opportunities for community. So that's it, simple. It is. And it's like here you want to start something but everyone's maybe you're a professional and you think i don't want to be with people that don't know anything and i don't want to go with you know you start thinking yeah people think and they think i don't know anyone so how do i find people at my level or not my level or well we know each other from linkedin so maybe yeah. linkedin's a good place to start <laughs> I don't, yeah and but it's also about being vulnerable so maybe we could talk about that too because we're talking about being authentic. Yeah. And I'll tell you, because recently, well, I'll back up. I think part of with community, uh, shared purpose, things in common is always really helpful. So yeah, we're doing this LinkedIn sprint together. Like we have a shared purpose with this. And it's also, it's, we're supporting each other through that, whatever you want to make of it. So it is also, what's the purpose for you around that community? For example, so another thing you can do to build that community is start your own. I recently started a new running club here in LA. And that was just because I was like, it's been two years. It's been a while since I've been in a community with other fellow runners. That's something that I love. It's a way for me to connect with people. It is no professional affiliation. You know, there's people who love to run. That's it. And it's been great. That's a way of community. I could also say, you know what? I want to have a community of fellow coaches. And so there's outlets for that. So it's the same with anything else. Get clear on the purpose that you want that community to serve and then go from there. You'll find it. It will come to you. The ideas will come to you. And then you got to act on them. You know what? That's <laughs> so true because once you make a decision and you take any kind of action, the universe yes. rises up to meet you. It just does. I don't know how or why, but it just does. And it'll rise up to meet you in either direction. So if you want to be negative, It'll rise up to meet you that way too. So you want to be really clear and purposeful, like you're saying, and take a positive action <laughs> Yeah, because there is a choice. It's where your focus goes, you know, it all grows. So now I also saw on your website and on mm -hmm. your LinkedIn profile, you also have people get clear about how to make more money, mm. which is always interests everybody. So how do you help them do that? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways that that can be possible. It's hard to know without context for how somebody can make money. So obviously we all knew the secret. Yeah. So if somebody wants to go into coaching. A lot of people want to go. Uh -huh. They want to go into coaching because there's a lot of people that need help. There really mm -hmm. are a lot of people that need help. So in that sort of a way. Yeah. So, well, and actually 
given the example, because I have worked with a lot of people who by as a result of our work together have made more money. So one, I'll give you an example of one of my clients who she was feeling really overworked, underappreciated and severely underpaid. And that wasn't why she came to me of, you know, I want to be overpaid, but that was a huge core issue. And she wanted to leave her job. So she wanted, she thought, you know what? She was also working in entertainment and she's like, you know what? Maybe there's something else that I can be doing. It's where a lot of people come to me is they're like, what else? You know, you've made a change and I'd love to explore that. All I keep thinking is wage gap. Yeah. This is where the attorney in me comes. I have nothing to do with my the attorney side of me in this, but I'm like, wage gap. But anyway, yeah. sorry, the women and are the same. And, it's like, <laughs> and I admire that work so much. But with this, you know, we explored for her, it was still is that getting into action and exploration. So she needed to get out and explore and actually get have her value reaffirmed and realize. So when she started out and exploring what else might be possible, having conversations, what she found was people were telling her, I would hire you in a heartbeat and we would give you, you know, she was getting now offers from other companies. And what she realized was she was like, you know what? I really would love to stay where I am. At the end of the day, I am really good at what I do. And what the issue was, was that she actually, she just needed to have a conversation with her boss that she was afraid to have. So we had to work on that confidence and work on what would that look like? And so ultimately she did have that conversation. She doubled her salary. She was able to take care of some of the other issues of overwhelm that she was experiencing. She was on track to rise up and get more promotions and all of that with it just by building that confidence and also getting at the roots of what was really causing some of the concern. Yeah. Getting that clarity. So it's never just about how do I make more money? Yeah, because unless you focus on the being and what some of those other issues are and getting that clarity on that core issue. Money isn't going to solve anything. And money is just money. I know people never believe me. I'm like, I can get money for you. Like, but it's not going to take care of like, just money. I know nobody yeah. believes that, but I know it pays the bills and stuff, but they need the counseling or the coaching and right. they need to take care of the other stuff because it's really how we feel on the inside. Everything is. If you think anything's going to fix it, the next, like I said before, the next shiny object or anything yeah. else. So it just isn't. And with coach, you had asked about like, if somebody wanted to be a coach, what I see a lot in coaching industry and what newer coaches is they all think that like, I need to have the perfect social media post. I need to have my website all up and running and flashy. And it's like, you need to have the confidence to go out and make an offer. You know, it's like the confidence piece. And that was something that it took me a while to build, to know I could go out and serve someone so powerfully and get paid for what that value is. Getting paid. Evidently, there's all these healers and people that serve others have a very hard time with that. That was interesting to find that part out. Yeah. Yeah. It's very common for people who serve others to ask for money. And, you know, that was interesting to find out. It's so true. Anyone who's very heart-centered and service-minded, that can be a challenge. So I've been there before. It's very common. So what's the hardest challenge you're proudest of overcoming and how did you do it? You know, I think it probably would be starting my business and growing that to where it is now. And it took a lot of hard decisions. For the first few years, I was also working 
a full-time job. I was working in higher education and was doing some counseling at a university and I knew I wanted to coach. And so it was a challenge. It was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to make this move from going from a full-time job that was paying all my bills to having a sustainable income? And I feel like it's a theme, but it was always knowing that was my only option. I committed to it in a way where it was, there's nothing else that I want to do. <laughs> so there were moments when it got really, really tough and the resistance hit hard. And it was easy to feel safe and comfortable and think, eh, I have a steady paycheck. But I knew that there was more that I wanted. And so for me, it was just continually taking action. It was hiring my own coaches. It was talking to as many people as I could and offering to give them a coaching experience. It was doing things for little money, like coaching engagements and coaching friends and coaching other people for like, you know, 10 bucks a session and just getting that confidence and experience. And then it got to, a, you know, it was a slow build. And then it got to a point where I just realized I had prepared myself enough where I had to make that leap and I was ready for it. And the only thing holding me back was taking that leap and leaving my job and fully focusing on my business full-time. So the challenge really for me was, especially starting off, how am I going to get to that place where I can replace my income from my full-time job and do what I love and all of that. And it was just that determination and just keep moving forward. That was honestly what kept me going through that challenge and overcoming it. The only thing holding you back was you. That's it. Yeah. So we're always in our just, own way. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I wanted to interview you because you took the leap and I love that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And here you are way on the other side and always glad like we know. Yeah. And do you have a message of hope that you want to give? I think the message of hope is that you are, I know for me, this was a big message, but you're not bound by your circumstances. I think this ties into a lot of what we've been talking about today so far of you know, it's that Walt Disney quote, if you dream it, you can do it. It really is true. I do think that I think that our dreams are not fantasies. They're coming into our mind for a reason and it is possible. And so lately, one of the things that I'm actually working a lot with people on and focusing a little bit of my work more specifically is helping people take these career breaks or these career sabbaticals or career pivots or shifts. So I think the message of hope is that any of that is possible. It is. I'm hearing a lot of people, when I tell people, I said, you know, you might need to take a career pivot or sabbatical or something where it's not just unpaid vacation for six months. You're actually doing something beneficial and fruitful with your time. You're working on a project or you're traveling or you're volunteering or having another part-time job while you write a book or whatever it might be. And I get a lot of, that's just not possible for me. And I've been able to prove a lot of people wrong on that when I finally am able to have a conversation and say, oh, you see, no, this is possible for you. So <laughs> I do think that any of those dreams or any of the things that the voices that it's being called to you, it's there for a reason. It's calling you to be a bigger version of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I always worked out and I talk about her a lot. I'm a total Angela Mamal Davis groupie. And she says, if you can see it, you can be it. Yeah. <laughs> God didn't put that in your head for no reason. Yeah. And I didn't know the Walt Disney quote, but that's great. You're the first one that came that close to an Angela quote. <laughs> you know, a lot of times yeah. we're all saying the same thing. <laughs> absolutely. I just love that. Oh, thank you for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. I appreciate it. Thanks, Lauren. Yeah. 
I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Matt's messages of intention, living your dream and clarity. Such great messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to tune in next week and learn how to tap into your intuition, do what's right for you and your soul and get clear on your inner calling. You also learn these really great manifestation tips and how to be the most confident version of yourself in every setting, no matter how you're feeling inside. That's next week. I know you're going to love that episode. It's so good. I'd also love to hear from you what you liked on this week's episode, what topics you'd like to hear, if there's any healers or change agents or leaders that you'd like to hear from or certain if you want me to do a series on walking through imposter syndrome and exactly what it is or something like that, just let me know, DM me, or the best thing to do is just go to the website at 52weeksofhope.com and send me a message in there. I'm Lauren Abrams. If you're enjoying the podcast, tell two friends. Thanks for listening.